Hey everyone, welcome to the Meaningful Revolution podcast where we talk about people's passions. We try to help you answer the question, what if you lived with 1% more meaning in your life for the next year? I'm your host, Sean Butner. I'm a certified high performance coach and I am really excited to be talking about coaching today. So um, normally for the first season, we're gonna be talking and in doing interviews, but I thought I'd share a little bit about me so you understand where I'm coming from um, after that quick episode that you just heard that was like six minutes, kind of just giving you a little bit about how this is gonna go, how it's structured. But uh, today I just wanna share my love of coaching. So um, just take some notes if you have it or just relax, get some coffee. Um, I, I am, like I said, I, I love to coach. And I'm so glad that you're here. So um, what is coaching? Coaching is kind of a structured relationship that is mutually influential on trying to help people get particular results in their life. So when you think about coaches out there in the world, there's sports coaches, there's executive coaches, there's life coaches, there's, you know, birthing coaches, there's, you know, guitar coaches or, or teachers, you know, music, all that kind of stuff. For anything you can imagine, there was a structured mentor-mentee relationship, right? Um, I am trained in the art of certified high performance coaching, right? Which means that every year I get certified, I go through a week-long training, honing my skills, making sure that, um, you know, I'm adhering and learning anything new about the process of high performance, which I'll explain a little bit later. But in essence, high performance is just consistently beating what's ever normal in your life without destroying your relationships and health along the way, right? So that's my flavor of coaching. That's, make, that's what makes my coaching distinct. Um, and, and really we're after the feeling of being fully present, being fully conscious, being fully um, confident in your life through this process we call high performance. And it's, it's based on a lot of science, um, one of my mentors, Brendan Burchard, is the one who created this curriculum, and it is a curriculum, so unlike some other, maybe more, I, I'll call it generic, you know, I love coaching. If you're your coach, I support you, and I'm cheering you on because I think the work that we do is super important. Certified high-performance coaching has a process and a curriculum that is backed by research, and that people self-report often, uh, you know, a 9.7 out of 10 on average, after thousands and thousands and thousands of sessions that my peers and I have done over the years. And so that's um, that's high performance coaching. And it's, it's pretty amazing that, you know, thousands and thousands of, of sessions that my peers have conducted have that su have such a high self-satisfaction rate. So um, clients love it. I think it's really for me, it's really fulfilling. I'm always chasing this feeling of, of talking with one of my good friends, right? Um, for me, it started all in probably middle school, high school, um, when in the 90s in outside of Chicagoland. And me and some of my good friends at night would walk around the local golf courses that were just in the middle of suburbia. So probably not 100% street legal, but um, it was quiet. It was relatively safe. Um, 
and we could just talk about life, right? And so that feeling of being connected, um, you know, having one or two guys or folks, right? Um, and just talking about our lives, talking about girls, talking about what we wanted for our future, talking about family, you know, just stuff. And so that was probably the first inkling that I, I wanted that type of experience consistently in my life and not just with my really close friends. So I am a bit introverted. And so you know, part of my journey from that point in high school was figuring out how to get out of my shell and realizing that you could put yourself out there and not, you know, die. So, um, you know, that's probably the first thing like you fast forward, you know, 20 years, 15 years ish, you know, I've, uh, working at Apple, and, you know, it's my brother's 30th birthday. We go to Catalina Island off the coast uh, of California, like LA's area. And, you know, that was great. The last day we get a call from my mom saying that, you know, she'd been having some trouble breathing, which we had just learned on that call. And that then the very next day she was going in for some very invasive heart surgery. And so, you know, I book a plane back to Chicago right away let my work know that this is happening um, unexpected. And for the next four months, we go through that thing with a, a family member where there's ups, there's downs. She's doing great. She's looking really bad. Um, you know, she's had some complications. So earlier in her life and, you know, in late 80s. So when I was growing up, um, she had breast cancer and survived. But the chemo really did a number on her body. I think it wasn't as sophisticated as it was even, you know, 10 years after that in the, the late 90s. Um, and, and so the heart surgery went great, but then her kidneys started to fail and then her lungs started to fail. And this is this kind of like fixing two pro fixing a problem, two problems come up type thing, which is the roller coaster. And, and during that time at Apple, I, you know, was software engineer. And I was thinking, I want to go into management. I think having some more people skills to help lead a high-performing team, to help, you know, um, ju just master that that um, set of people skills that help inspire people to do their best work would be great. So I'm like, thinking about management track. I've been to a couple of these high-performance seminars um, and, and just kind of helped me a lot in my career and how I communicated and my quality of life. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to become a coach. This thing with my mom happens. And if you've ever experienced a time in your life when you've had a, somebody that you care about and you're really close with go through a hard time um, with their health, it starts to put things in perspective. You start asking yourself questions like, am I doing what I really want to do? Am I contributing or leaving the legacy that I want to um, do I have the quality of life that I want? You start asking these kind of like self-reflective life things, right? Because you see that life's so precious and the time that we have on this planet's so short. And you want to make sure that the things that you're doing mean something, right? And so I'm having that thought as I'm flying back and forth from California to Illinois, you know, to see mom. Um, so it's like every two weeks, you know, be there for two weeks go back for two weeks and work a little bit, go there for two weeks. And my brother and I would kind of trade off. And then ultimately she passes away. 
on late July, early August. And it's a, a, a tough thing, right? You know, um, to lose a parent, to lose a family member, to lose a close friend, right? You know, losing people is rough, but it emphasizes and gets you really clear on what's important to you in life. And so that's that was probably the first domino of, I'm gonna do this coaching thing to maybe go into management here. Um, I want the, this connected, you know, one-on-one -on -one experience with folks. And so, um, you know, kind of grieve and get to the, the high-performance coaching training and I realized this is what I love. Like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. This is it, the, the, the conversations you have of getting to know someone, of holding them to account for what they want for their lives is a, like, I love that feeling. Um, and I love that feeling of people discovering something about themselves or making a better decision about themselves or figuring out how to do things better or, or just you know, what will help them live better out in the world. Like that, that is the ultimate fulfillment to me. This is something I absolutely live and die for every day with my clients. And so that's, that's how I got into coaching. That's why it's important to me. It, it, it's based in those lonely, quiet walks under the stars on the golf course growing up and, you know, really getting into focus, losing my mom, right? And I think a lot of folks have those influential experiences with friends and family that inform how they show up in the world. So um, how did I get started in this topic? All right, um, so I, I shared that I, you know, went to some high performance seminars that really helped me. I had an opportunity for high performance coaching, thinking I'd use it in a corporate environment. Um, and so really going back a little bit more, um, I have attended these high performance academies and personal development training seminars. I kind of got on that circuit and I've been doing that for about probably about three or four years by the time that the whole experience with my mom happened. And it, I'm very analytical. So if something's not working, I'm not going to spend money or time on it. But I found that, I was communicating more effectively. I found that I was taking more bold action to what I wanted in life after doing those. And so at, at the end of one of the high performance academies hosted by Brian Bouchard, he's like, Hey, I have this coaching program. You should check it out. If you want to, you know, learn how the coaching industry and the best, you know, world-class processes and, and, and operating procedures for that. And so I, I took him up on that and then thinking again that I go into corporate management, you know, managing engineering teams and would need some, you know, I wanted to have an edge on my people skills. So uh, that's how that, that I got started in that. But it really came from learning about personal development, learning about myself, and then making more bold choices for myself leading up to the, the decision to become a coach. So what is a really awesome opportunity that's come out of this journey as I've been a professional coach now for about three years now, full time, right? There was a five or six year period where I was working full time at Apple, running this business on the side. And, you know, if you've ever started a business and had your side hustle and all that stuff, um, that, that was me <laughs> burning the candle on both ends. 
until eventually it's like I wanted to just focus on the thing I found most fulfilling, I found most meaningful that I, I really love to do and put out in the world. So um, but the best thing to come out of this is you have these unintentional ripple effects. And a lot of my job isn't telling people what to do as a coach. It's about helping guide them to their own discoveries and emotional truths and, and clarity about what they want in their life. And that magic process of doing that has helped people start businesses that have, you know, become part of the university system and training and accrediting psychologists and faculty and trauma-informed care out in the world. So I can't even calculate how impactful that is. And, you know, I also realized I had such a small part. I was the person that nudged someone, that client in the right way at the right time for them to go down this path. And so, um, and she did, a fun, she's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, she did a phenomenal job pivoting out of, you know, jobs that weren't fulfilling and wanting to spend more time with her daughter to now having more financial abundance, more time, everything that she wanted. Um, and, and it all started at how do we do that during one of our coaching sessions. And so I think that opportunity for those unintended ripple effects um, is you know, a really awesome opportunity to, to say that, hey, I helped in a very small way make that happen. So that, that's what I really love about this coaching journey. Um, something else that's that's popped up, um, it's helped me also fulfill a, a dream that I had growing up, right? I had two dreams in high school when I left for college. That was, I wanted to own my own business at one time in my life, and I wanted to work at a big tech company at some point. And so, um, you know, after my grad graduate work in information systems, I somehow finagled a job as a programmer, web programmer for Walmart, did that for five years, learned a ton about everything. Um, I'm really grateful for that experience. Um, went to, was at that point, had gone to a couple of high performance seminars, decided I wanted to start a business helping people with student debt. So I left that job, left Arkansas, moved to California. Um, and here I struggled getting that business going. That business failed, right? So not a good move, retrospect, unless you, you, I look at all the work I did trying to make that business work, setting up a web page, doing videos, um, learning how to put stuff together helped me get that job at Apple, right? When my money ran out, I'm like, hey, I need to find work. Uh, the guy that, uh, like really close college friend was like, hey, I have a friend that works at Apple now, should talk to her. And so uh, I would go in for the meeting, the, uh, or the interview eventually, right? So things align enough to where like, okay, um, let's scope you out. And I think the interview goes okay, or some technical stuff, some you know interpersonal stuff. And the hiring manager um, was like, okay, yeah, I think we got a good feel for you. Um, is there anything else you should um, let, let us, you want to let us know before we go on? I'm like, oh yeah, I have this business that's not working so well, but he's like, hey, can I scope your website? And he sees some videos and does me the mercy to not play it in the interview, which was a good sign for me. Like, okay, emotionally intelligent, you know? Um, because I, I would, probably would have died. I was so bad at doing content at that point in my life. <laughs> so um, he uh, 
takes a look at that. He takes pokes around. He's like, you did all this? And I'm like, yeah, I built all this, figured it out, figured out all the web, you know, emails and stuff. And he was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. We're going to hire you to start as soon as we can get the paperwork pushed through. And that's how I got into Apple. It's, it, um, I, there's probably a little bit more to the, like the, you know, not completely bombing the interview and, and whatnot, but, um, you never know the things that you do out in the world, how it will show up and help you in your life. And so I, I think this high performance journey, leaving Walmart, figuring out that business, even though it failed, but using that work to then get, fulfill a nut one dream of mine, which is to work at a big tech company, you know, I, since I had, I, that, that I had since high school, um, it's a really cool and something I can't believe still to this day that happened to me, <laughs> you know? So um, that's the power of, of high performance, right? Outside of the coaching, it, it, it's, you can have those moments where you've worked hard and you're like, how is this happening? This is really amazing. Um, and I love to help people find that, you know, that's another avenue uh, of why I love coaching. Um, so whatever some struggles or challenges that come up for you um, on your journey for, for with coaching. And it might sound like I'm reading questions because I do have a rough structure for how these podcasts go. As you'll see, I'll ask future podcast guests these exact same questions. So if it sounds like I'm reading the questions because this is meant for an interview and I'm just kind of running through it myself. <laughs> um, so struggles, right? Uh, I think in my coaching business, the things that have really been a struggle for me uh, has been marketing, right? So I studied marketing. In, I went to business school. Um, so I understand how to like analyze data. I understand a lot of the like macro things, but coming up with compelling ads, um, communicating um, to people, again, being a little introverted, like not or having to really pump up and control my energy when I have to do cold calling, um, which I really don't like to do, but you know, you have to do when you own a business, you have to talk to people and, and get out of your comfort zone in that way. I think it's been a huge hurdle for me. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of stress too that can come with running your own business. So going full, you know, into coaching in the middle of 2019 before the pandemic then the pandemic hitting while you're trying to build a business is not the best thing for your nerves um but it's also that feeling of excitement you know like i'm directing my life uh, i'm putting myself out there in the way that i want to and that's a really cool beautiful thing so but yeah so that that, that marketing part of the business uh, especially since it's just me, um, has been a struggle. Sometimes, you know, doing some of the more logistical things in the business, like I'm going to be the one that edits all the podcast stuff for the near-term future. Um, you know, when I do videos, I'm the one that does the video editing and tries to make the sound sound okay. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Does all the, the thumbnails and any of the emails that you have received for me, if you're, if you are, you know, part of my community, it's me that writes them. I don't have a team that, that does that. Um, and it, you know, and this all is driven by that magic 
one hour session that I have with a client or someone that is interested in the business. Because those days when I had the more uh, those sessions I have each day, the more energized, the more pumped I get about life and, and about just feeling like I'm doing good in the world, right? And I think we should really be asking ourselves, what makes us feel like we're doing really good in the world? And how can we do more of that in our life? Well, I personally believe that, but um, yeah. So that's, uh, I guess, a little bit of a tangent uh, of, you know, some of the struggles I've had on this topic. So I want to know, or this is what I'd ask someone, um, <clears throat> what does top talent or skill look like in this topic? So for me, if you're a great coach, I think you are really great at challenging people, right? So it, it, when people say that they want to be honest and then they tell you all these stories about them lying to people for their job or whatever, you know, being the person that says, hey, like you said you are this, <clears throat> you are showing the exact opposite, what's going on there, right? And that's a soft challenge, but you know, more hard, harder challenges, like we all could be performing so much more in our lives. We could be more present with our families. We could be more present with our friends. We could be really figuring out how to be more productive at work. We could be healthier. We, you know, the list goes on and on, but to be the person that's pushing people to be their best, um, that's a really good coach because otherwise, like why hire someone that's just going to be like, all right, man, <laughs> hey, man, like I, you know, wanted to be super healthy. I'm on this really strict diet and I haven't started it. It's been two months. Like, yeah, all right. It's not going to be the experience. It's not going to get you the results. Um, you know, in that particular situation, you know, you want to be like, well, why? How can we get you back on track? What are you resisting? Like, what's going on there? You want to dig in, in, in that ability to challenge in order to figure out what's really going on and to have that transformation that will help you accomplish what you want to accomplish. And, and that way, or in that particular example, it's not eating all the cookies every day that you ever have or whatever, you know? So, <clears throat> so I, th I really think challenge is a really important part in finding and hiring a good coach, whether it is a certified high performance coach, like I am, one of the best programs out there or, you know, International Federation of Coaching, IFC, you know, there's tons of other different programs um, that are, are great, but you want someone that will challenge you. Second thing, you want someone that is cheering you on, right? And not just blindly being like, hey, you're great. Someone that is fighting for best you possible, right? So you want someone that, that really sees and hears what you want for yourself, the best version of yourself. They're really good at sussing that out. And they are cheering you on to be that person all the time, right? And when you don't measure up, they're not beating you up about it. It's, okay, what did we learn? How do we pivot? Again, a little bit of that challenge, like what can we do about it? Um, pushing you into action, pushing you into figuring it out, pushing you into a better future. But doing it with a smile and, and, and with that encouragement that people really crave, I think. <clears throat> Nobody does anything 
um, by themselves. You know, there's, I think the, the, there's a myth of this self-made man because, or person, whatever, you know, the, the self-made person, because you have to interact with people to run a business, to sell things, to, you know, um, advance a cause, all these types of things. So, you know, the more that you can have that, that, that relationship that's encouraging, that that's cheering you on, that that's pushing you to be your best, uh, it's really going to help you get results. Right. And I've seen this over and over and over again, but, um, a good coach is, is really good at cheering you on. A good coach is also your, your comrade, right? So, when you hire a coach, you have a unique opportunity to have a relationship where someone's going to challenge you, where someone's going to be cheering you on, and someone without an agenda for who you are, right? If they're really good, they you are guiding and driving the person you want to be, and they're just supporting you. But they are your comrade, so they will celebrate the wins when you get that big promotion because you're able to, you know finish the project super early or whatever it is. And so they'll cheer you on and, and they'll, they'll celebrate with you and they'll be like, Hey, that's really amazing. You worked so hard. I saw all the work you did. You know, the work that we did was really amazing. And then if you did all that work and you didn't get that promotion, they're there to, to do the postmortem to, to, to really be like, okay, like that's figure this out. Like what was it? anything you could do was it just the situation like what can we do to help you get back on track what we can what can we do to help you progress to to get where you want to go and so they they're that that person that advisor in your corner that can help you pull apart things maybe you didn't see different perspectives and really help guide you back into momentum into progress into flow all those types of good things the fourth thing that people really look forward to in coaching or really look to in coaching is finding greater levels of clarity. It's discovering more about yourself, about your relationships, about the world and the people around you and how you relate to it. And a really great coach is always pushing you to clarify, to go a little bit deeper, to really define and suss out different things in your life so that, you know, one you're aware and things that you're aware of, you can then change. And that is super important also. What are three influences or takeaways that I've learned from pursuing coaching, right? So uh, I think when it comes to people, some of the, the, the biggest people that have been an influence to me have been uh, Brendan Burchard, who is the person that certified me in high-performance coaching. So big ups, Brendan, if you're listening. Um, the second influence um, when it comes to coaching was my sixth grade soccer coach, Coach Herb, um, was by far the best sports coach I had because his focus was all about having fun and all about being better, a better soccer player at the end of practice than it was about winning. And that approach that first year that I did, I, I could barely dribble a soccer ball, but I was part of a team that went undefeated with Coach Herb. And then the second season, because there's a, a fall and spring season for the, the, the kitty, like sixth grade soccer league or whatever with the park district, 
Uh, I think we only lost two games. And, and so the importance of guiding someone to, to figure out what they want with the sport, like it was the most fun because it was like, okay, we're gonna do these drills. Like, hey, you're doing better, that, that encouragement. There was, hey, like you could do better, like, but here's how, right? So let me show you. Um, it's, sports coaching is a little bit different. Um, but, you know, he challenged us. He cheered us on when, you know, plays weren't working in practice. He'd be like, okay, what do you, what do you guys think? You know, he was really, really powerful at, at leading and having all these kids bought into the process. And he contrasts that with seventh grade when the, t I had the, the coaching staff switched. And, you know, Coach Joe was a yeller. Um, Coach Joe... Uh, was a little bit more intense on, and focused on winning and results only. And then, you know, um, and the team was mostly the same kids fell apart, right? You know, we did, I don't even remember, right? I know it wasn't undefeated. I know it wasn't losing a couple of games. And, you know, I think we were maybe 50-50. Uh, I have to really think about that. Um, anyways, not important for you folks, but, you know, Coach Herb, really kind of showed that and third and this is going to sound kind of weird but uh ted lasso if you've seen that apple plus tv show um the kind of coach that lasso is i think is an idealized version of how i think coaching could be or, or should be again that's in a more sports setting but you know that that i think he exemplifies everything i think a good coach is and so I'm a huge fan and it's really positive. So if you're looking for something to kind of pick you up, that's a really good thing to check out. And I don't usually plug things, but um, yeah, it's something me and my wife really, really enjoy. Uh, when it comes to personally developing, right? Three things that I've taken away from coaching. It's that most people in my experience through clients and, and talking with other coaches, most people are 90% sure about what they need to do, right? And it's that 10% that gets in the way of them actually doing it. And so, and everyone's different. So that 10% unlock, right? That'll get you to get back on the exercise regimen. That'll get you back to being present with your family when you come home from work. That'll get you to really doing the extra effort at work so you get promoted and all that stuff that leads to the transformation and abundance is usually like, yeah, I know I need to do this, but I'm not doing this because I'm afraid of something, right? Is most of it. Or it's a, a belief or mindset where I'm not good enough to do this. And when you can fix that 10%, because people are mostly there, just that little nudge, that's when you get really great results. And it's proven over and over and over again, every week, I think, with my coaching clients. And it, it's amazing, right? Um, and I think that's what makes this fun because it's always a puzzle, at least from a coaching side. But from a client side, like, that 10% might be a blind spot. It might be a perspective you're missing. It might be a tool or strategy you don't have. And so that, again, is, you know, just the power of having a process and structure to walk you through to, to kind of uncover that. 
Um, second, for me, I, I think I've learned that when I take more like more bold action towards the things that I am passionate about, towards the things I find meaningful, that the universe will conspire to help me. And I know that sounds kind of like out there, but it's I've proven it over and over and over again. And I think it's true for other people too, where when you put yourself on the line, when you are striving, you know, that's when you're learning. That's when you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to make something happen in your life. And that I think is really exciting and fun. And so I encourage people and part of my job as a coach is to encourage people to be more bold. And, and usually that that's another part of that 10% that prevents people is just showing up with their full, full force of their humanity to step into that great idea that they have or that, that call to service that's been haunting them for their lives and they're finally going to, you know, step forward into it. It's a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, the universe conspires to help those who take bold action. Um, the third thing that I've really taken away from my coaching journey as a coach and being coached is that as someone that is fairly independent, right? Um, you, you don't know this, but like, you know, growing up with my mom having cancer, like me and my brother were alone a lot. Um, I struggle sometimes asking for help. And part of my coach was helping me, you know, first getting a coach was a huge thing in, in my life because I, I resisted like the personal coach for whatever reason. Um, more of it's like, I don't want someone to tell me what to do. Like nobody really likes telling you what to do, <laughs> likes other people telling you what to do. Um, so finding a, the right coach for me was a big kind of transformation. Like, oh, like someone that's helping me suss and, and figure this all out. Like someone I can talk to that's objective, that's fighting for the best me possible is really helpful. And carrying that through into business. So when I've struggled with marketing, like I had talked about before, who do I go out and talk to in order to get help? <laughs> so that I think has been really, really important for me, those three different things. So, uh, okay, wrapping up guys, before we uh, close this down real quick, if someone to get started on this topic, what's the first one to three things beginners should do? I would say hire a coach. Um, you can always go to sean.coach, S-H-A-W-N.coach, or seanbutter.com, all goes to the same place. Um, and you can figure out a little bit about the type of coaching I do, you know, do Dr. Googs and, and figure out if there's a coach in your area that maybe you'd click with that you like that, that you think you could work with. Um, that'll be really good. So I think that's the first step is get a coach. I think a second thing would be to just engage your network. So if you have someone that's more successful or someone that has accomplished something that you want to accomplish in your life, take them out to lunch. Um, say, hey, I'd love to take you out for a cup of coffee. Um, don't say I want to pick your brain. You say, I really admire. I'd love to hear about how you got promoted to director in two years and you know, you're 20 years old or you know, that you've solved this really big thing at work. You know, I'd love to just hear your story, you know. Um, I really admire what you did there. Start with some, you know, be grateful for something they've done. 
asked to take him out and try to build a mentor relationship, right? Because as much as coaching is a type of relationship, a mentor is another similar type of relationship. So you get someone that has more experience or somebody that's accomplished something you've done, take them out to lunch. I think that's, it'll get you started, get you in the game of, and you know, it could be hard asking to like, hey, would you mentor me in programming? Would you mentor me in guitar? <laughs> would you mentor me in sales or whatever it is? Um, it could be a hard step for some folks, but it's a good step. Um, the third thing to start, you know, if you want to get into coaching, I'd say is start studying psychology, right? Um, so sociology, all those types of stuff. I, I think a lot of the outside learning from the, pro the structure of the program and the process has been through books that just help you figure out people, you know, and I think that's such an important skill and a skill that not a lot of people are uh, competent at, I guess, is the, that's the word I, I, that came to me. So I'll say that might seem a little harsh, but um, I also you know, spent 14 years working with software engineers that spent all of their brain power on computer science and not a lot on how to just interact with humans. So it's a little bit of my bias and experience talking there. But, you know, I, I think, you know, studying marriages, studying parenting, studying how groups work, um, you know, there, there's a really great book um, uh, called... Um, to Sell as Human by Daniel Pink, which I think is really good and just changing your perspective in that we're all trying to move people into action. It's not, you know, a weird salesy thing and that there's some psychology behind that. It's a really fantastic book, especially if you're hung up on sales <laughs> like I was. So I'll, you know, recommend that book too. But um, stuff like that really just get you to learn about how people work, how people operate, the psychology of things, how people act in groups. Super fascinating, super helpful in whatever endeavor you do, whether you're leading a business, you're a professional, you're staying at home, raising the kids, like all those different really meaningful, really good things um, can benefit knowing a little bit more about psychology. So, okay, if you wanted to reach the next level in a topic, what would you do? I'd say, if you wanted to be a coach, get certified in a process, right? Whether it's IFC, they do a, a good job. That's the International Federation of Coaches. I think they have tons of programs. Um, high performance coaching, I think, is the like elite, best, like world class coaching program out there that you, you can get, and the data supports it. So it's not just me talking about it. It's all my peers coming together and saying like, you know, through surveys and all sorts of stuff that I won't get into here, but it, that works. Um, if there's another type of coaching you want to do, like scope it out. I, I think, you know, having a curriculum is, is good. Having a community where you can ask questions and learn from each other is really important. Um, so that would be the second thing. Find the community of coaches or the type of coaching you want and start talking with folks there. I think that could be super helpful. Um, I'd say, so other than get certified in a coaching process, I'd say find a community, which is number two. 
if you really wanted to, to go from, if you are a coach and want to take it to the next level, I'd say, um, this is a very simple one and kind of a no duh, but like, make sure you have a coach <laughs> or you have a perspective committee or you have people in the business that you are consistently talking to. Um, again, so it's like community, community twice, but like, uh, it's such an important thing and it's helped me in, in my business. I know when I've had clients that were teachers or psychologists, helping them engage with other people in their field really helped accelerate their growth and success by magnitudes. So it's such an important thing. Um, okay. What habit or habits each week keep me on purpose or mission, um, on mission each day, week or month, right? This is the final question, guys. So thanks for hanging on for as long as you have. So the habit or habits that I do to, to make sure I'm connected with my purpose are I journal. Um, and so when I'm journaling, I'm assessing my life on a couple of different things that are important to me. Like how did I show up? How did I serve people? I do some business metrics, like how many people are coming into the business? How many people, how many sessions did I conduct? How well did I, you know, overall did I think I do on top of for the coaching sessions? And this is kind of a weird thing. Like after every session, I do some notes. Uh, part of it is a self-evaluation and it helps keep me sharp in my coaching practice on what should I have asked? What could have, what went well? What could have been different? How could I maybe have done something different? And usually that will prompt me when I go to my, uh, fellow coaches, like, Hey, I struggled with this. How would you deal with it? You know, and just helps me sharpen the saw and, and get some different perspectives. So that's, those are the two things. So it's journaling, making sure I do notes at the end of my sessions. Cause I'm a coach and I love coaching. Um, but that's a big part of my life. And, and I think the third thing and all personal development revolves around gratitude. So, um, reminding my wife that I value her, that I understand her, that I love her and I respect her. Um, you know, being grateful for being able to wake up every day and do something that I love to do podcasts now to talk with people and, and improve their lives, to be very thankful that I've in this line of work, you know, that kind of stuff goes a long way too. Um, and on that note, so, um, if, <clears throat> so on that note, if you would please Help me out in two different ways, right? First way, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to the Meaningful Revolution podcast. It helps me out. Leave a review, leave a comment. I'll review those as we go on. That helps me chart. It helps me see what, what, what you guys like and what you don't like um, as we run this experiment of the podcast, um, which I'm just experimenting with different formats for the next couple of seasons. So. Uh, that is a good way to inform what I'm doing. But yeah, so if you subscribe and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, that helps. Second thing, you can go and check out Sean.coach if you want to learn even more about me or my coaching services. All right, I'm going to do that again. Okay. <clears throat> Two things to help me. Um... <clears throat> All right, guys, that's the podcast. So real quick, if you'd like to help out and help join the meaningful revolution. Um, please do me the favor and subscribe on Apple podcasts. 
and leave a comment because that helps me chart. That helps me um, just analyze what you guys like, what you don't like. So it, it's more to, uh, one, help the podcast grow and, and to help me figure out how to make this even better. So you're, you're contributing to that. And I thank you for that. Second thing to help me out is you can go to sean.coach, S-H-A-W-N.coach. If you'd like to learn more about my coaching programs, my personal development programs, or just about me. And so that would really help also uh, because I don't do ads on this podcast. So um, that's how I am able to do this, how I'll eventually be able to get a podcast studio in, you know, my vision for what we're doing here. So, you know, check out the coaching. If you're interested in that, check out anything else on Sean.coach. Next week, um, or next episode, because you already have this, I'm, this is not the weekly cadence just yet, my good friend Michael Seeley, who is a marriage and family therapist, he is a psychologist that specifically helps athletes with their mental health and performance, he's a mindset coach kind of in that area, and a pretty accomplished athlete himself. It's an amazing conversation, I know you guys will love it. He's got some really, really good takeaways and, you know, you just tell how passionate he is about mental health and sports coaching. So if you are here, you know, just keep rolling through and listen to that next episode and I'll see you guys on the other side.